we do. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name is Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. I'm Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on. That's your Merced. That water. Planata. Las Matas, man, they're rocking out there with the spring fair this time of year. He's calling the May Day Fair. Hey, here we are, Saturday morning, Citizen Watch, April 30th, 2022. You and me together for 45 minutes of fun in the sun. It's supposed to be a beautiful weekend. Lots of uh, events going on. I have to do everything myself here. Got to get ready to go out of the segment. I can remember what track this is. Uh, as I say, the last Saturday of the month, five Saturdays this month. Quite the uh, quite the deal. I had mistakenly said that there was a city council meeting earlier this week in Merced. It wasn't. It was actually Atwater. Oh, let's see. Will that work? No, you got to do this. You got to go 10, 4. Oh, my Lord. Have you know, we have an old CD player here. The equipment is almost as old as me, and we're trying to get it where we can. Oh, there we are. Okay, here we are. Anyway, uh, Spring Fair, lots going on. This weekend, uh, five Saturdays in the month. This is the last one. Hopefully you can get out there to the Spring Fair. They used to call it the May Day Fair. Tomorrow's May 1st. May Day. Uh, not, uh, no, no emergency, just May Day. Remember, uh, go around the Maypole, all those type of things. They used to do a lot of events. Used to be uh, this time of year, you know, kind of Easter-ish, uh, start of the spring, New Year, birth, rebirth, all that kind of stuff. But the May Day Fair, the uh, Spring Fair, the Los Banos Spring Fair, is going on right now through tomorrow. Hopefully you got some of our free passes. I was, <laughs> I had only one listener call in for some free passes. Hopefully that person got them. But uh, if you get a chance, go out there. And of course, our own fair coming up very soon. The first week in June. Next week's going to be the first week in May. So, hey, get ready. It's only what? That's MCOE math, about 30 days away or so. Along with the election. As you know, the election season is heating up. Haven't really seen it in the mail yet. The flyers, the mailers, those sort of thing. But I'll tell you something that's going to be coming in the mail that's really important for the election is the ballots. That's right. The 9th of May, those are going to be sent out. Now, that's just, uh, that's again, Sunday's the 1st. So that would be, what, eight days after that. So the following weekend or thereabouts, you're going to be getting your ballots. And that's really when... Uh, a lot of things are going to be heating up. And, of course, these voting centers or what, right-to-vote state or right-to-vote county, I think all counties are. I don't know what that means. But uh, or eligible voting, making it making it easy is, is the bottom line. Uh, Registrar Voters has been out there promoting these voting centers, these early voting centers. They have some that are open, I don't know, 11, 12 days before the election, some that are just three or four days. They're putting them in supermarket. You go to Rayleigh's. You can drop your vote off in the produce or the, uh, I don't know where. There'll be some special secure drop box, uh, a silo, if you will, for votes that you can drop off. So this election coming up in uh, just less than a month. And of course, our candidates corner segment, uh, which is fairly popular depending on the races. And we will have Kimberly Helms Lewis next weekend at 10 o'clock.
She'll be explaining her uh, re-election efforts for Merced County District Attorney. And that'll be next Saturday at 10 o'clock. You'll be hearing the promos for that all week uh, going on. Of course, other races very, very uh, heating up, if you will. The State Assembly. Of course, Adam Gray throwing his hat into the uh, the newly formed Congressional District. And that opened it up uh, wide open for people running in. I was at, event, at an event uh, at the Big Red Barn earlier this week, just outside of Dos Bios. Well, what a what a facility, man! You talk about a playground for for toys. Uh, full bar inside of this Big Red Barn, and a lot of nice nice people there. A very nice event. But I met the fourth candidate in the. Uh, quad of candidates there for state assembly of course mr arbasi uh i think it's phil arbasi uh from our car excuse me from fresno a councilman then of course esmeralda soria she's a councilwoman from fresno ran against jim costa for the congressional slot uh what last time jim ran now jim is going down to fresno I don't see her uh, going against Jim again. I think she found out what kind of political machine Costa has. Never lost an election. And I think Adam Gray can also say that, too. And, of course, he's trying to uh, fill in that congressional seat. But the state assembly seat, uh, Esmeralda Soria, uh, this uh, lady from Fireball. I can't remember her name. I think her name was uh, Angie. And then there is Mark Pazin, as we know, our former sheriff. Uh, recently retired from the Cal OES. Actually, I think his last day was uh, was last Thursday. So congratulations, Mark, on a successful career up there at Cal OES, Merced County Sheriff's Department, in retirement and still running uh, for office in the open seat of Adam Gray. And then the fourth person is, oh gosh, who I can't remember who the fourth person is. So anyway... There's uh well no there that that is for the uh, lady from Fireball Mark uh, Carbasi and Soria so that's the four in that race and then of course the other uh, big race is the Merced County Office of Superintendent Education uh, Superintendent currently held by Steve Teachin formerly held by Steve Gomes who uh, retired a, I don't know a year or so early appointed Steve Teachin and then he ran. I believe unopposed last time and uh, received the vote, the nod, and is now going for re-election a uh, second time. So even though it's uh, it would be his third term or third, uh, second full term, this is the second time he, he will be up for election. And that race is kind of getting, uh, I see more signs from the competitor, Mr. Velarde. I think that's how you say his name. I understand there's been a Debate, uh, some sort of uh, back and forth between Steve and Mr. Velarde, Steve Teachin, the incumbent, and Mr. Velarde that will be coming out uh, from the McClatchy News Service. I know that they interview some of the uh, bigger candidates on film and uh, put that out. I don't think it's uh, coming out yet, as I I hear around Mother's Day, hopefully sooner than later. So it'll be interesting to uh, see how that's shaking out. Steve's already got a lot of endorsements from a lot of different organizations so uh, that's uh, I think somewhat foretelling of where the momentum is in that race of course the city council races here in the city of Merced the city of Atwater other than candidates throwing their 
uh, hat in the ring. There will be no vote in June in the primary election. It'll be in the general coming up in November in those races. But again, uh, in all of these elections, uh, the council dis or excuse me, the districts, there's been some changes in the uh, representation after the census, as you know, they go through and they change the districts here in Merced. It was a fairly contentious issue. The county of Merced, not so much. Uh, the uh, city of Atwater, a very, very uh, easy process here in Merced. It was quite the back and forth. The redistricting commission that had been appointed by the council members came coming under attack by some of those same council members. So uh, very, very interesting, but those are going to have an effect now coming up in this upcoming election. So again, be aware that uh, you may have been in District 2 or District 4, and now you're in District 3 or District 1. Uh, especially here in the city of Merced, the lines have really been drawn more along geographical boundaries, uh, especially on some of those outlying districts around the creek on both sides of the creek. Let's see, there's a great event coming up this evening. I hope folks are going to attend and support it. Uh, that's two different things, too, because you can always support Make-A-Wish. They're going to be at the fairgrounds tonight, a little different than last year. Not going to be out in the grass where they normally put the carnival ride, staring into the sun, imprinting that image on your retina. No, it's going to be inside. Uh, we're past the COVID, I think. We're virus-free here in Studio C, which is really nice. No, uh, no mass, no nothing. We're trying to. I'm trying to talk Raj, my buddy on Community Conversations, that Rogelio would to uh, start bringing people into the studio. I think it's a better experience. But again, we've gotten so used to this uh, calling folks using the telephone, but not that tonight. They're going to have the event uh, at Make a Wish in person. I don't know which hall. Probably the big one. And a lot of people support that. Uh, a lot of people making the wishes for those children and their families that are facing some really uh, tough and trying times in their life. A lot of medical issues, that sort of thing. So if you've never uh, looked into Make-A-Wish, you might want to. It's a really worthy charity, and their event is tonight. A lot of events are coming up. We talked about the uh, Atwater Castle Kiwanis and their uh, their event, and uh, we were trying to get rid of some of the uh, excess tickets. Those have successfully been all sold, so it's a sold-out event. 200 tickets usually go every year, and again, these events starting back up after the COVID, a little, you know, rocky starts, like the Las Banas Spring Fair that's going on this weekend through tomorrow. Hadn't been uh, held since 2019. And it's my understanding it was uh, very, very busy over there last night. We had the big kahuna Dave Luna out there doing a remote. Drove the van. It made it. <laughs> and I noticed it's back here this morning. So it made it out and back out to Las Manas. So that was really nice that we're able to uh, do those events. And, of course, coming up this week, downtown Merced, the second of, uh, I think, they're doing it every other month. So I don't know how many months they're going to do it. I think through November. The Mercado. And, of course, uh, it happens to line up. Coincidentally, is it? Yeah, Thursday the fifth, Cinco de Mayo. So uh, guess what the guess what the theme is going to be? Thursday, May fifth, downtown on Main Street. That's right, Cinco de Mayo, six to nine p.m. Again, you want to get out there. We're sponsoring it. Radio Merced, along with Riggs, Merced Fire Department, Merced Police Department, the uh, 
Who's this, the San Andreas Highway Patrol? That's kind of weird. Anyway, uh, lots of uh, lots of things going on. On Thursday night, downtown live music, visual arts, performances, vendors, taco truck competition. Hey, I didn't see that. That starts at 6.30. And if you want to contact them, 209-384-9537. Anissa Fragoso over there doing a great job besides running an insurance business in heading up the Mercado and the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Uh-oh, hit my keyboard. Luckily, we didn't stop the show. What are we doing? Uh, G Street on-ramp. Hey, still okay after two weeks. Amazes me. I don't know if they're keeping them out of there or not. Though coming in this morning uh, to the Palatial Studio C, notice the campfire smoke coming up from the bamboo over there by Glen and Bear Creek. Feel sorry for those residents over there that have to put up with that. You know, we have the Valley APCD, you know, the chimney police, you know, looking over there, making sure you're not, uh, you know, burning a burning a Yule log or something when you're not supposed to those uh, those uh, bad days. And here these guys are right along the creek, dug in uh, like cliff dwellers uh, along the river like hobos in the old days. Now, you know, with the cook fires, the campfires, uh, heating up the heroin, I don't know what they're doing. Well, I know that's what they do under the McKee Road Bridge. And yes, they're still there. I, I know it's uh, it's it's frustrating because they say they're going to get rid of them. They, they, they go down there periodically and they, you know, they shake the stick and, you know, pound on the handrail. And uh, as soon as they leave, they're back in. But anyway, just interesting seeing the campfire this morning. And I'm sure that's not abnormal along the creek. Hey, you know, we're getting out of uh, out of time here. It goes quick. The first segment is in the can almost. My name is Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station 107.3 FM, 1480 AM KYOS, Citizen Watch. Again, if you can go, or maybe we'll see you there tonight at Make-A-Wish, a great event for a great cause. Stick with us through the break. We'll be right back with some more content after this brief commercial pause. Oh, I want something just like this. Citizen Watch, hey, every Saturday morning, trying to do something original. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station 107.3 FM 1480 AM KYOS. Ah, here we are. Let me uh, turn this down. Again, you don't want to forget Dave Luna tonight, cruising with the big kahuna. If you can afford fuel... You can cruise with Dave, maybe a, I don't know if you can go the whole hour or not. Five to six, cruising with Dave. You know, I was over at Costco, I noticed it was uh, hovering just above $5, which was great. But what about diesel? What's going on with, what's going on with diesel? Hey, you know, we were talking about the uh, bike path. Coming in this morning, I couldn't help but notice the 
cooking fire smoke over there on Glen Avenue. Obviously a little uh, hobo encampment over there, a little drug den, I don't know, a fentanyl palace. Doesn't that make you good when your kids want to go down to the creek and, you know, catch some crawdads? What they may find down there, what they what they may catch, quite frankly. Anyway, uh, there was an incident this week down at the creek, down at the bike path. Very, very uh, disturbing to me as somebody who, uh, you know, rides their bike periodically, not every day, though I'd like to, but uh, often enough where I feel it. Anyway, an 18-year-old woman was arrested on suspicion of assaulting an elderly man with a large rock while he was walking along the Bear Creek footpath in Merced. And this happened past uh, the past Tuesday morning. That would be the 26th of April. Uh, officers, imagine that's Merced police officers, responded to a report of an assault at 9.17 in the morning. So this is 9.15 in the morning. You know, sun's up. The birds are chirping. Uh, the uh, Most of the homeless have awoken by this time. Now, this was at West 27th and 8th Street. Now, this was uh, what we affectionately called in the old days Strip Park. This is that little park between G and the Mercy Hospital, the bridge there. Kind of goes down into the lowlands. The bike path itself actually gets really low. Floods are, floods there all the time when the creek comes up. Of course, it hasn't. <laughs> creek hasn't flooded lately. But uh, it's right there, what we used to affectionately call Strip Park. I think there's a name for it. I'm not sure. Upon arrival, officers located an elderly male with a laceration to his head, and his face was covered in blood. Now, there's a lot of capillaries, a lot of, a lot of blood in your head. So it looks sometimes it looks worse than not. But again, we read the report. The victim told police he was walking along the Bear Creek footpath. Walking, not biking when an unknown subject picked up a large rock and struck him in the head with it. The attacker then, now if that wasn't bad enough, the attacker then attempted to throw the rock again at the victim, but missed. So again, this is, uh, you know, <clears throat> thank God. The suspect, Angelina or Angela Carrillo, 18 years old, was positively identified by the victim and a witness. Thank God for witnesses. You know, somebody willing to step forward. Seeing somebody assaulted like that. After an investigation, the attack was determined to be unprovoked. Carrillo was arrested and booked on charges of felony assault with a deadly weapon and elder abuse. Now, again, they tack that on because the, uh, again, elderly victim. So imagine if you're down there unelderly and you get hit with a rock. Hey, it's just assault with a deadly weapon. Uh, you know, which again, I get that. But uh, it's like I say, there's really no, you know, when you talk about hate crime or elder abuse, you know, they're all bad. You know, they're all, I don't know the degree. Of course, we don't like to see our elderly abused. But the point being is it's uh, getting out of hand. It's getting out of hand. And it's not like it hasn't been. And these are the things I fear the most, uh, whether it be the elderly or at the other end of the spectrum, our young children. The most vulnerable are the ones that will be attacked by these people. I don't know what the provocation was. It was uh, unprovoked. But yet uh, something made this person, this young person, pick up a rock and, and uh, two times try to assault this person. Who knows what the intent was? So uh, before that happens, before uh, you know somebody is successful that second time or somebody assaults our children, what are we going to do about it? There was a homeless camp that was abated further down, I think, past our street going towards Walmart, where they had actually dug into the side of the creek bank. It looked like something out of Mariposa, some old mine shaft without the timber. 
You know, they've carved steps into the bank. Now, this thing is out of control. It really is. I don't think we have any leadership on the county or the city level on this other than, you know, state money going into very, very high-priced renovation projects, taking an existing hotel at $350,000 a door, you know, the reach-around or the wraparound services, whatever you want to, however you want to look at it, uh, all of our tax dollars, and yet we still have these situations going along our creeks and waterways, our business districts here in the city of Merced, and it's completely, completely unacceptable. And we're at, what is going to be done about it instead of responding or letting people recover in the hospital? And when you're elderly and you get hit with a rock, you know, sometimes you just don't bounce back from something like that, even though the round rock bounced off your head. And with our children, uh, you, you can't even let them go along one of uh, one of the most uh, greatest features we have in the heart of our city, the creek. You can't let them go to a friend's house or, you know, don't take the bike path or, you know, ride fast. I mean, what do you tell them? Uh, this is something that's unacceptable. And our bike paths, our creeks, our waterways, our downtowns, they need to start being cleaned out. And if we can keep G and 13th Street off-ramp clean, why can't we do this? So very, 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 very difficult, uh, disparaging to read this uh, felony assault over on the bike path. I hope it was a one-off occurrence, but uh, again, <laughs> I don't know, maybe not. You know, we were talking about some campaign events that happened in the area. One of them was uh, the Josh and John Pedroso uh bean and uh, ribs and stuff it was a nice event over there at the fruit barn located on highway 140 a lot of folks attended got there a little bit late but was still able to get a uh, a nice uh, nice dinner so again they're they're always out there uh, doing things like that john and josh pajojo there was a rare mark pazin sighting out there uh, again his last day with cal oes was last thursday uh, Nicole Silvera, she had an event this past week. Vern Warnke, uh, some other local people were uh, heading it up. Very, very interesting. Some comments uh, made by the sheriff in relation uh, to, uh, I guess the way he puts it is he's not supporting the incumbent. And his concerns are, uh, the, uh, and just summing them up here in kind of a, a summary, lack of communication. Doesn't seem to be some uh, uh, really good communication between the DA and the sheriff's open lines of communications. Uh, I guess there's been some officer-involved shootings with the sheriff's department, and they haven't been cleared. And the way that goes is usually the district attorney investigates any kind of a uh, an officer-involved shooting where there's been somebody injured or killed. It doesn't necessarily have to be killed, but even injured, to make sure that everything was uh, proper. Because, as you know, you just can't go out and shoot people, and cops are no different. They have to be justified. But to wait a, a long period of time, which I, I hadn't realized how long some of these cases, uh, officer-involved shootings, have been pending, and in some cases over two years, approaching three years, and this really uh, puts the officer uh, kind of on a string. You know, he's, uh, he doesn't know whether or not he's going to be cleared, even though in his mind he did everything properly, and internally the investigation is probably done, but... You need that district attorney clearance, and uh, the liability is incredible. And again, the psychological, uh, uh, you know, while you're waiting, you know, you just want to know what's going on. And so that's that's kind of interesting. And then prosecution of of uh, shootings that are bad and, and not prosecuting those and yet waiting 
on other uh, shootings that appear to be justified, but not giving that final determination. So very, 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 very interesting, some of the comments. And again, I understand there's going to be a debate between the two candidates, Nicole Silvera and Kimberly Helms-Lewis, at the Board of Realtors, uh, which again are the Merced County Association of Realtors. I really need to say that right. MCAR, the Merced County Association of Realtors, they're beautiful facility over there on M Street off of Loughborough, uh, the old bank building. They have their own vault. They can keep the money right there. They don't have to uh, deposit it. But anyway, they have a, a meeting room over there, and they have events quite often, and they open them to the public or to various people, and they record them and put them on their Facebook, and I hope they do that uh, with this. And I hope they also have, and I haven't talked to uh, Kim Regina over there, about this, but I hope they have other debates. I know there's not much time, not many weeks between now and the election, but uh, the superintendent's race, Merced County Office of Education, that race is a big one, and of course, assembly and congressional uh, races here in town, I think, or uh, in the area, are pretty big deals. And again, the realtors have a lot of concerns that uh, go across the spectrum, public safety, uh, property rights, property values, safe schools, those sorts of things, good schools, uh, investment in the community, all of those things that make a good, good community to uh, sell houses in. Because again, uh, that's what it's all about when you're a realtor. So uh, hopefully they're going to have a good debate there with the district attorneys talking again about public safety, because public safety is a huge thing. But uh, another nice event this weekend or this last week for uh, Nicole Silvera out there on the west side, because again, these are countywide races. Uh, Office of Education and District Attorney, the entire county of Merced. You really need to get out there in the nooks and crannies over there in River Valley, some of those areas where uh, this is about the only time of year you see your electeds is when they're out there pounding the pavement. Club Mercedes had a wonderful event this year, or this weekend, or this week, excuse me, uh, Wednesday night, their normal last Wednesday of the month on the 27th. A really good turnout. I think it was sponsored by uh, Toyota and Kimberly Helms-Lewis, the district attorney, uh, saw a lot of folks over there enjoying themselves. Again, that's a co-ed event, which the um, ITLO uh, has made their events co-ed, too. Now, normally they would have their event this coming week on Tuesday, first Tuesday of the month, but they're not until next month, until June, which I believe will be sponsored by Adam Gray. And depending on when that is in June, I'm not sure if that's going to be election night. Usually that is. Yes, it is. June 7th. So uh, election night, June 7th coming up. And as you know, as I mentioned in the, or maybe you don't know, the first segment ballots coming out May 9th. Uh, just one short week away. Something else I wanted to clarify. I talked last week. We played a, I don't know if I played any of the uh, comments about it, but there was some problems with cats. And the uh, spay and neuter, trap, neuter, release, TNR, you know, trap them, take them in, you know, slice, slice, and then uh, let them out. And there's uh, been some problems over on Collins Drive, some of the medical facilities over there between the doctors and some of the good folks, uh, some of the building owners and some of the good folks that feed these cats. And uh, they don't like you using the word feral, the cat people. They like you uh, using them community cats, and so they call it the community cat program. There's actually going to be a presentation by one of the council members this coming Monday at the Merced City Council meeting that's going to be held on May 2nd. 
about the community or about uh, feral cats and how to, uh, you know, spay and neuter program, I think, is the actual presentation. But they all kind of tie together. And the building owners on Collins Avenue specifically uh, spoke up at the last council, the last council meeting and were like very upset over this whole thing and uh, feel that it's uh, taking away from their property value, safety of the employees, that sort of thing, disease, uh, taking down the area. And these and, the, and they're kind of specifically calling out the people that feed these cats. Well, it turns out, getting some information on the backstory, the SPCA is the one that's kind of taking the cats away and then bringing them back and then feeding them. And the idea is that uh, they'll eventually, through attrition, uh, kind of fade out. Well, the people that on that have the medical building on Collins Avenue don't feel that way. They think there should be a more proactive approach. Remove them and don't bring them back. Because to bring them back just propagates the problem. And uh, they feel it's a big problem. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where this goes. But uh, it's, a bi- it's, a big- it's a bigger issue than than what it appears on the face. You think it would be something to resolve uh, stray cats, but it's not as easy as it sounds. Well, we're out of the second segment. We'll cover what's what else is going to go on at the Merced City Council meeting Monday night and a little bit of what went on at the Atwater City Council meeting this past Monday night. My name's Casey Steed, Citizen Watch, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. KYOS, we'll be right back. Yeah, let's dance, dance, dance. Saturday morning. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your Valley Citizen Watch on Merced's News Talk Station 107.3 FM. 1480 AM KYOS. Yeah, we got the feeling. Can't stop it. Every Saturday morning. Trying to bring you a little original content. Uh, someday we're going to have MID on. I don't know when. Those guys are busy over there trying to get the water. You know, I read somewhere, I think it was in uh, this week's Merced County Times, uh, a bigger allocation to the farmers. That's right. I think from 1.1 to 1.5 something feet. Uh, Still not a lot, but better than uh, 0.0, which isn't good. You know, I wanted to cover the city council meeting. It goes quick. But one thing, uh, the coming up city council meeting in Merced on Monday night, uh, it's going to be a big one, 11-page agenda, which uh, means it'll probably go four or five hours, as did the last one on the 18th of April. We covered a lot of it last weekend, played you some snippets. One thing I wasn't able to get to was a little exchange between the mayor and Kevin Blake, mayor pro tem and the mayor. The mayor pro tem and the mayor kind of went after it a little bit. It was This was after four-plus hours of a meeting with a lot of, uh, you know, back and forth, some pretty contentious issues. One of them, you know, let's pay felons not to shoot each other. This was brought up by uh, Councilman Ornalis, Jesse Ornalis, who, by the way, (laughs) he and Bertha Perez are going to be going to Washington, D.C. this week for the One Voice trip, along with other electeds from around the county with McCag, representing the city of Merced, the guy that does not salute the flag, uh, pledge allegiance to the flag at the start of the meeting. It'll be kind of interesting to see how he does there in Washington. 
But uh, at the end of the meeting last week, or excuse me, the 18th of April, there was an issue about closing a parking lot over there off of Wardrobe, uh, W Street, I don't know, over there, uh, I guess V Street, way at the end there by the old Pepsi plant, just past the old Pepsi plant. The city has allowed trucks to park there, and it's uh, residents don't like it. Pollution, you know, the truck's idle, I guess. Uh, been some prostitution, drug issues over there, according to the councilman, Fernando Echavarria, that represents District 4. Or is that 2? No, that's District 2, excuse me. Over there on the west side, right by the airport. So they've wanted to close this parking lot. I guess they're going through the machinations. Frank Quintero gave a presentation and one of the uh, folks that comes up a lot and makes a big deal about things uh, on the racial and social justice equity scale about how things are unfair to people of color, everything that's done, every decision that's done is to keep folks down in their minds. And so this guy gets up and talks and the mayor has had about enough after four and a half hours. And this isn't the first time this gentleman or the groups that he represents, uh, different members have come up three or four at a time uh, to just, I don't know, just kind of muck up things. So uh, I'll put a play this exchange. It's about three minutes. And finally, uh, the mayor starts going after Councilman Echevarria for uh, talking, you know, out of turn, kind of talking to these folks when they come up and speak. And then Kevin Blake uh, seems to agree that, yeah, more needs to be done. The meeting needs to be run a little tougher. Uh, but then Kevin and... And Matt Serrato, the mayor, get into it. And I I found it interesting because I think there's a lot of underlying concerns there about the way Mayor Serrato does run the meetings. It's not the same as it was under previous administrations. And while I appreciate the the looseness and the uh, trying to appeal to all of the different factions, uh, I don't think it's any way to run a railroad. And I think Kevin's point... Uh, is well made and there were some folks clapping in the audience if you watch the video of this exchange it happens about four hours and three minutes four minutes into the video again after frank quintero makes his presentation on this parking lot issue and i kind of felt bad for jennifer levesque you know she's the city clerk assistant city clerk trying to uh, run things over there again it's city clerk's week or month coming up and uh, it's almost uh, it's almost like being a, a referee in a boxing match. So again, let's listen to this. It's only about three minutes long. It's going to start out again with the public comment, and then the mayor uh, just kind of getting frustrated, and then and, and then everybody getting frustrated. So this is what happens after ten o'clock at night at a Merced City Council meeting. Hello again, Mayor, member of the council. My name is Fu Zhong. Can you go down just a bit so the legend is shown? Okay. Um, so. First off, Fernando, it's great that you took the initiative to close the parking, uh, the truck parking off of West Avenue. <clears throat> However, when we're looking for alternatives, uh, we need to be mindful of the systema- systematic uh, pollution of disadvantaged communities. So this is a uh, snapshot from Cal Enviro Screen, which is published by Cal Enviro, no, Cal EPA um, in October 2021, and it is to track the pollution burden of communities and identify disadvantaged communities to help mitigate system, systemic pollution. So as we can see, the Central Valley is heavily polluted. Can you go to the next slide? Mr. Chung, I gotta ask you, we gotta, we gotta stay on topic here. So if this isn't gonna get close to the, the truck park lot. Well, it's to 
advocate where that truck parking should be okay, and where we think about our alternatives. Yeah. No, just, just get, yeah. so one, we, we already went your way, but two, you, you got to get to the point quick. All right. All right. So, go. so when we look specifically at Merced, we can see that the majority of Merced is impacted. However, with the exception of North Merced, and then when we look specifically at diesel particulate matter, which is this slide here, uh, we can see which area are most impacted by commercial trucks. And the red circles, the three red circles in this case, represents the alternative um, parking locations. And as you can see, the child's location are directly where um, disadvantaged communities are highly impacted by diesel particular matter. Um, so we need to proactively ensure that we are not increasing the pollution burden of disadvantaged communities that have already been disproportionately impacted. That's essentially it. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Fernando. Fernando, I'll make the motion. Oh, oh. Can you? No, look, I, I want to run this meeting loose. I want to give everybody a chance to speak, but we got there's got to be a little more. Like when they're talking, you look, it's my responsibility to chair this meeting, and we need to, we just need to be a little better. And a little, I, I mean, I can start tightening it up. I can start requiring, as I probably should, a request to speak on every form, every time somebody wants to speak, but we just, we need to be. And Kevin, Kevin, too, you sit here and you, you know, make little comments under your breath. And you, man, do. you couldn't run a meeting to save your life, young man. Kevin. And you've created this environment Kevin. where everybody can get up and yell at each other. Yeah. It's your no. fault. And now you're trying to backtrack on everybody else. Shame on you, not me or anybody else up here on this dais. I'm not. Period. But you sit here and Don't you point me here and, and you. Stop where you're at now. That's my advice to you. Okay. Very good. Oh, I'm good. No, I'm right. We'll discuss this. Okay, no, I'm just saying, look, all right, look, I think we've had, we've, I try to run this meeting loose. I try to allow everybody to talk. Call and, to order, please. Yeah. And for the most part, it goes well, but we just need it. We need to tighten it up a little bit. And that comes from, you know, that comes, uh, uh, that's all of us having to step up. All right. I know we, we can discuss this, right? But you're, stop, let's, stop let's go. Okay. Stop. Let's go. We will. So right. I have a motion by Councilmember Echeverria and a second by Mayor Pro Tim Blake. Mayor and Council, please cast your votes. So the bromance. May be over because you know at a time uh, Kevin and Del Rey and Matt they all sat together. It was like uh, you know it's like being in the locker room after the football game. It was uh, the towel snapping, the the telling of jokes, the chuckling, the the camaraderie. But I don't know. Again, uh, I, I think it was just frustration on a lot of folks' part. But uh, you know you couldn't run a meeting to save your life, young man. Again, words of wisdom from Mayor Pro Tem, who is a little bit older. <laughs> He's my age uh, than, than Mayor Serrato. And I, I know Matt's trying to do a good job. You know, it's all about the look and the, you know, the, uh, you know, delivering the food and, you know, taking pictures of where you're eating. But some of these things really, uh, really get on people's nerves. And again, I think we need, uh, I think we need some leadership there. So it was uh, interesting, that little back and forth. Now, coming up. In this week's city council meeting, coming up next week, rather, which is again going to be held on uh, the second, May second, and again, eleven-page agenda. They're trying to uh, fill the city attorney's position. We had talked about this a little bit last time. Church, Churchill White, or actually, it's White, uh, Doug White, one of the principals of the firm. I don't know. I couldn't find anything in the staff report of who they're considering, but I know that. Uh, Doug White, with the firms that he's been with, I think they've dropped Churchill uh, in their name. Uh, really contentious in some of the cities they've represented. Dixon, City of Dixon, Ceres, Turlock. Uh, dismissed from all of those jurisdictions. 
So hopefully the city of Merced will not uh, try to roll the dice, if you will, uh, with this firm. Mental Health Awareness Month, this is a proclamation, and all I would say is if you want to see what we're paying in mental health in this county to some of the professionals, quote-unquote, go to Transparent California, pull up Merced County, uh, some of the top wages going to mental, mental health. And again, when we look at the problems we have in some of these homeless camps, these areas where chronic drug use, uh, a lot of mental health issues exacerbated by that, and I just don't think we're doing a good enough job at addressing it. It's going to be a proclamation for Municipal Clerks Week again. Uh, God bless John Tresseter and Jennifer Levesque over there to try to uh, head this up, uh, getting all of this agenda, uh, you know, making sure the votes are taken, the public comment, keeping everybody in line, the city manager, the city attorney, everybody again, you cannot give these folks enough credit. And the city clerks, uh, the city clerk and, and their uh, subordinates do a lot of work. So very well deserved. Uh, let's see. CP42, this is a community park, the big soccer fields there that we're going to commit some ARPA money to. We were going to build, kind of try to build it out all the way. But during the negotiation, Delray Shelton pulled a few, I don't know, a million dollars from the uh, idea but they're going to build some uh, from the initial expenditure but they're going to build some restrooms in phase one so that they can truly make this a uh, a community park sports park so they can uh, attract people there because without restrooms it's hard to have events so they're going to get a grant from the state 177,952 that's almost 180 178,000 and we have to kick in 40-some thousand. Where is it down here? I thought it said how much we have to match. Anyway, uh, the bottom line is they're going to have the restroom sooner than later. Yeah, 44488 So that's our contribution. And we get, what, two times that again from the state. Uh, they're going to, and here's something that I've been waiting for for a long time. They're going to have a professional services agreement for the design of off-the-shelf master plan set of, of plans for cottages and accessory dwelling units. These are your ADUs. These, this is the infill development that can go on on existing lots. Some of these lots here in Merced are huge. They go from the street to the alley. There's alley access. Very easy, very easy to put in an, an accessory dwelling unit, a tiny home, a cottage, whatever you want, a granny flat, mother-in-law house, you name it, you can do it. You can really monetize your property. And the first thing is having a set of plans, off-the-shelf master plans, that folks can use. They've been approved. You don't have to get the plan review. It's all done. You know what the permit fees are. And then the builders are going to be able to take these and give you a defined set of costs. Obviously, escalation of material, labor, those type of things uh, you know, will be adjusted. But at least you'll know how many two-by-fours, how many you know, square feet of uh, con or cubic yards of concrete, that sort of thing. Uh, the sewer and water connections, I understand they're going to be uh, gentle on that because, again, you're going into existing areas of town. My concern is the burden that's put on those sewer and water systems, and hopefully they're able to keep up. But I think this is a great opportunity for people that have property that maybe want to, uh, you know, downsize from their existing house but don't want to move. You could put an ADU, a smaller newer facility move into that rent your uh, your existing house or vice or whatever you want to do this is a beautiful beautiful thing and i believe you can put more than one on your property that's the other uh, rub there's been a lot of 
legislation going on lately. I can't believe we're out of time. Anyway, $85,000 they're going to use to prepare that. Again, a lot of other things. I didn't even get to a lot of things I wanted to tell you about that's going to be at the city council meeting. And again, you may hear interesting back and forth between the mayor pro tem and the mayor, as you heard earlier in this segment. But uh, who knows? That's why it's always fun to listen. And we'll bring you more content next week because we're out of time this week for this edition of Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll see you next week. Can't take my eyes off of it. It's so phenomenally. Come on, back the way we rock it. So don't stop that.